Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un recently concluded a six-day visit to Russia to meet with its president Vladimir Putin. The trip triggered global concerns about possible weapons transfer deals between the two countries and underscores how the two countries' interests are aligning in the face of separate, intensifying confrontations with the West. However, no details have been revealed of the arms deal the West is fearing could boost Russia's fight in Ukraine and no word either of gains for North Korea of food aid, economic help or military and technology sharing. Instead, the only known advance appears to be Putin hinting that the Kremlin could potentially help with Kim's space and satellite goals. For more insights, we're joined by Professor James Brown, advisor and coordinator of the International Affairs Major at Temple University. Welcome to the show, Professor. Thanks very much. First off, this rare but high-profile trip, what do you make of the optics? Well, I think for the, the North Korean side, the, the optics uh, are very much welcome. Uh, of course, North Korea, a very isolated regime. They've enhanced that isolation over the last four years uh, as a result of COVID. And so this is, to an extent, Kim Jong-un's coming out party, <laughs> uh, demonstrating that uh, he's still welcomed by some on the international stage and Russia really rolled out the red carpet for him. Mm. So how would you assess the timing and significance of this meeting between Putin and Kim? Well, it's uh, a case of, of need on both sides. So uh, on the North Korean side, uh, we know that they're suffering economic issues. We know that there's a, a looming food crisis there. And also they need some assistance to further enhance their, their military capabilities in certain key areas. So that's a North Korean interest for the Russian side. Um, they don't have as many friends as they once did. Mm. And so uh, having run down so much of their military capabilities in the invasion of Ukraine, uh, they're really scratching around trying to find any source really from which they can import more artillery shells. How are Western powers reacting to this meeting so far? Yeah, so um, what we've seen from the the United States is indeed even ahead of the the meeting, the U.S. used obviously some intelligence sources that they had to indicate that they were well aware of uh, these talks about uh, arms agreements uh, and also to to warn both Russia and North Korea, if indeed this went ahead, that they would take measures in in response. The the problem here, however, Mm -hmm. is that the United States and its partners have already introduced so many sanctions against North Korea and Russia, but most of the obvious targets have already been added to sanctions list, and that makes it a bit harder to, to take additional measures. But practically, what do you see as the implications in the coming months ahead for the Ukraine war? Well, it could really make a, quite a significant difference. The Ukraine war has now um, fallen into a pattern of really attritional warfare mm. uh, with huge amounts of, of armament being used on each side. And Russia has really run very low its stocks of artillery shells and also anti-tank missiles. Mm-hmm. Now, North Korea's weaponry in these areas is not particularly sophisticated. Uh, a lot of it is Soviet-era equipment. But that, in a sense, doesn't matter so much because what Russia's looking for here is just volume rather than quality. And so it could actually make quite a significant difference with North Korea providing potentially huge numbers of artillery shells that could enable Russia to continue its bombardment of Ukrainian lines. 
Okay, that's interesting. So some analysts are also saying that Russia is getting ready to battle NATO. What does Putin or Russia stand to gain from doing that, if true? I, I don't think it is true. Um, I think that what we're seeing is uh, several Russian politicians, prominent media figures, uh, are talking about um, you know war with, with NATO, talking about nuclear strikes against Ukraine. But I think that's bluster. I think that they're deliberately talking up that threat in order to try and scare off NATO powers from further supporting Ukraine. So I don't think, and I certainly hope, that the Russian leadership is not so foolish as to really contemplate war with NATO because that would mean escalation, that would mean potentially nuclear warfare. And on the other hand, North Korea has faced many years of international sanctions over its nuclear weapons program and has reportedly been short of hard cash, food and even missile technology. Could this meeting lead to Pyongyang getting its hands on the sort of weapons that the UN barred it from accessing for close to two decades now? Yeah, I think that uh, we will see increased uh, provision from Russia of of military equipment. Um, They didn't announce anything Mm. definite. The reason for that is because Russia wants to maintain the pretense of still abiding by uh, UN Security Council sanctions. And so if they were to publicly agree to provide uh, North Korea with, for instance, rocket technology, that would be a clear violation of sanctions. So they don't want to do that. But still, if you look at the organization of the trip, it's very clearly symbolizing that Russia is willing to provide military cooperation mm-hmm. in uh, welcoming Kim Jong-un to the Vostochny uh, spaceport uh, by taking him on a tour of a, a, a facility for the production of jet aircraft, uh, various other things. They, they also gave him some drones as a, as a present. So that really shows that, that Russia is contemplating, is willing to provide military technology to North Korea. This comes at a time also when both countries are already very isolated in the international realm. Will this meeting further hurt the standing of both countries on the world stage, you think? Yeah, I think it really does show you how things have changed for, for Russia. This, uh, this visit by Kim Jong-un coincided with the Eastern Economic Forum, which is a big financial economic forum held in the Russian Far East. Now, just a few years ago, Russia was welcoming uh, leaders such as uh, Japan's uh, Abe Shinzo, uh, Korean president, the, the Indian prime minister. Uh, this year, you didn't have any foreign leaders attending that forum and only Kim Jong-un visiting the, the region. So what it really shows is that Russia has become very isolated as a result of this self-destructive war uh, in Ukraine. So beyond this whole spectacle at Bobast, very little has been revealed about you know, what it has achieved. So what do you think this meeting has achieved, to sum up? Well, to sum up, I think it's, uh, it's been successful for, for North Korea in improving the image of their leader, making him look more like an international statesman rather than a pariah. And for both sides, um, there's a mutually beneficial arms agreement to be had here. They're not going to announce it publicly, but what it looks like is Russia importing more North Korean artillery shells, and on the flip side, Russia helping with North Korean military technology, perhaps especially in the aviation area. All right, very good insights there. Thank you very much for your time today, Professor Brown. My pleasure. We've been speaking with Professor James Brown, advisor and coordinator of the International Affairs Major at Temple University. Stay with Money FM 89.3. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.